Thank you for tuning in to Quality Violence Cinema. We have the legendary Jimmy Screamer Claus here, um, notorious for Where the Dead Go to Die and uh, When Blackbirds Fly. Um, also musician and composer and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Good to meet you guys. Yeah, no, for sure. Finally talked to you, man. Big fan. <laughs> I kind of want you to sign this real quick. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, upset just like, you know, another $100 or more. So, Jimmy, I just want to say, like, from the beginning of the show, you have been a big name on the show. I mean, pretty much come up every episode. Oh, um, thanks. Uh, just because we're not just fans of your movies, we're huge fans of your music, too. Oh, uh, wow. Me and Christian really like stuff that takes things to extremes, and both your music <laughs> and your movies do those um, by a very far margin, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, once again, we're very honored to have you here, and I've been spitting the gospel of this movie right here since I saw it, because it is, it's something else, man. There's nothing like it, and um, I really, really thank you for putting out this sick content. Yeah, man. No, no, no. So, funny, uh, I, probably, I don't think I've seen that movie really since it's come out. Yeah. I never go back. Once, I, once I'm done with them, I never rewatch them, <laughs> like, yeah. even to this day, even like the, the newer stuff. It's like once it's out of my life, it's out of my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you have to hear about it all the time because mm-hmm. I mean it's it's pretty notorious. I mean, in the scene yeah. it's notorious. And yeah. I'm I'm surprised that like I don't know. I'm surprised it hasn't broken out a little bit more into like the TikToks and shit, like and gotten like some of the because you know well, I'm sure it has like weird ARGs and like where did this come from? I can imagine someone <laughs> like misconstruing your work and making it seem like some cryptic, like like hidden <clears throat> Well, I think because you're labeled as the worst animation by that stupid whatever guy and then comparing you with Food Fight and all that stuff, you know, <laughs> so that kind of got you some notoriety. And yeah, that, that, that was def- definitely like uh, like breaking out of the underground for sure is when all that stuff kind of happened, when it started going more mainstream. It definitely gave it more of, um, yeah, I kind of built the legend around it too, you know. Because then people started also taking like stuff I'd said on the commentary, like out of context and stuff like that, and started building their own stories around it. Mm-hmm. So, what are you guys talking about right now? <laughs> there's a there's a review that he labeled the um, there was a don't lot. ever watch this <laughs> film. It's the worst animation that was ever made, and it got uh, like unfortunately like a lot of views because of just and then it keeps getting stuff but i think it's almost like good publicity for you because bad publicity is good publicity and it got you really like recognized in a way because like you tell somebody don't watch something they're gonna fucking want to watch it you know yeah it was definitely the thing that uh that was definitely like the most amount of people viewing kind of it at once it was like these it was a few it was like a few famous youtube guys who really only review like children's animation Mm -hmm. somehow found my movie <laughs> well yeah if you compare it to a child's movie then yeah it's a little fucked up right, right. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, like there's, there's really not even a whole lot of just adult animations anyway i mean there's yeah. some you know they're usually like kind of more comedy or you yeah know, a little lighthearted or whatever or they're pushed aside like ralph stuff, ralph polowski you know stuff like mm-hmm. that if you're going to the retro but a lot of those don't forget, you know, forget about them and stuff like that you know yeah yeah like fritz the cat and all those mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they were, those were even more like uh, comedy based, you know. They didn't really mm-hmm. like fuck with people so much. <laughs> I mean, they're they're adult, you know. The dudes, like, mm-hmm. the cats smoking, smoking weed and banging. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. There's definitely a lot of mature topics and right, X, right. It was like the first X-rated um, film, basically, or animation. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I liked Wizards. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good one too. Fire and ice. Oh yeah, Fire and Ice is great. Cold World, even though everyone hates. Yeah, it, I love Cold World too. <laughs> They're supposed to be doing like a live rendition of Fire and Ice, and um, uh, was it Robert Rodriguez is supposed to direct it? Uh-huh. That sounds like it would be full CGI. <laughs> it was like you can you can find like a lot of the um because they rotoscoped a lot of those movies so you can find some of the original footage here and there just like the actors actually acting out all the stuff before they drew over top of it mm-hmm. oh that's cool yeah and i think that's really cool you kind of did a lot of that too uh well, no, I, I never really did well, not... too much drawing stuff it was always weird 3d i mm. kind of wanted to get into your technology like starting from the beginning like well we could talk about where the dead go to die like the technology used on that but like uh, before that, I would ask like, what led you to where the dead go to die, and like, how did you build up that arsenal to to make that movie? Because I mean, it's very graphically heavy. So like, uh, how old would I have been? I was probably like twenty three or twenty four. I tried to make like a live action sort of movie called Reality Bleed Through, mm-hmm. and I wanted it to be like half live action and half sort of like After Effects animation. Like it wasn't quite three D yet. So it was like a lot of like green screen stuff and um, like compositing and everything. So I tried to do a few shots where uh, the main character goes into like a, like an animation world. So I started doing that all in After Effects. And I was like, well, how can I get like a, like a creature character to be in this world? So I kind of figured out how to use Maya just, just enough to get this one little thing animated. And then after I finished that movie, I was just like, you know, I just kind of started messing more around with animation. I tried to make another thing called dog shit, same sort of sort of thing where it was half animation, half live action. And I just kind of, kind of kept running into the problem of it's hard to do stuff with like really, really low budgets. Like you know, I'd be like, mm-hmm. I got $2,000. Let's go make a movie guys. <laughs> you yeah. can't really. But you had a, you had a trailer that. for dog, dog shit and everything. You're pretty mm-hmm. close to production. How close to, were you finished to being in production on that? Well, I originally shot it as like a short film. It was only supposed to be like half an hour. And I was like, I'm going to expand it into a feature. So I kind of had enough to do if I wanted to just do the 20 minute feature, you know, 20 minutes short or whatever. I had enough for that. But I actually I did that movie. That's a little wrong. I did that movie after Tainted Milk and after and I was working on that and Liquid Memories at the same time. So really what happened was I was just uh, I was just going on any horror website I could find. Anything that had like an address where I didn't have to talk to anybody first. <laughs> and I was just cold sending out DVDs of Tainted Milk and Liquid Memories as like their own separate little discs with like artwork and like, you know, back covers and everything. And one of those people was Stephen Byro, who basically said, you know, come up with a third short and release it as an anthology. And I was like, well, fuck dog shit. I got an offer to, <laughs> got an offer to, yeah. to release a movie. Well, did you ever think about putting dog shit on to Where the Dead Go to Die and adding it like as a fourth one? I did. I think we did consider that at some point, but it just it just wasn't a. It just didn't work out that way. Just the trailer and, alone. There's some very like. I mean, there's some very low budget looking stuff in Dog Shit, but there's some very stunning like composites that you did there. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally like the effect. It looks really, really cool. beautiful because it looked like you kind of vectorized the live action guy a little bit, or like made mm-hmm. him look almost like cartoony, and then that really blends him into that background. Do you want to talk a little bit about like that method and how you learned to do that? Right. I guess that was kind of rotoscoping, but it was more like I didn't do it manually. I used like a whole bunch of uh, like After Effects, effects filters yeah. and stuff. Because like, once Scanner Darkly came out, like everyone was kind of pitching that plugin, like mm-hmm. <laughs> the plugin to make, you know, your movie Scanner Darkly. 
So I, I fell for it. I got the plug in. <laughs> and that's yeah. Right. I but that now way. that nobody even remembers that movie, mm-hmm. like I mean, it looks pretty fresh. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, 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 love, I love Waking Life, but yeah, but yeah, it's good. So. No, it looks. I've actually never seen it. It's probably a good movie. It's just like it's not as hot as it was when it came out. So I'm saying. Yeah, so. they're they're both really good movies. Skinner Darkly just had that more kind of. It hit the mainstream more, so that's more. What it was the it was the cast, it. yeah, because the cast was that was in it mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, yeah, and it's the most animated you'll ever see, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> so you're still messing with After Effects. Um, were you moving into any animation programs at this point? So yeah, after Reality Bleed Through, I uh, I tried to I made Tain and Milk basically, and, and I was just gonna I was originally gonna do that just as a comic book to come out with a new record I was putting out. So I had like I was like but I can't really like draw formally. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was kind of just starting to mess around with those 3d programs. So I was like, well, what if I make the comic book in 3d and then you start just making the frames of the comic book. And it's like, you know, it's really not that much more work to just make his head kind of move a little bit. And now it's like, I got an animated comic book. Mm-hmm. So I finished tainted milk and I was just kind of showing it to people and kind of literally everyone I showed it to got really, really upset. <laughs> and I kind of didn't understand why I was like, well, I don't get it. Isn't it just, it's kind of funny, right? And they're like, no, it's not fucking funny. Like, what are you talking about? So yes. that's, that was it. I was just kind of experimenting with both that. And I didn't know really which direction to go. I didn't know I was going to make like a feature film at all. Mm-hmm. And I started making liquid memories and dog shit at the same time. Just kind of, you know, dog shit I had a whole shoot planned for. So I planned that out for like a year. But like in between doing the planning for the shoot, I was working on liquid memories. And I just kind of finished that one first. And that's when I just started sending them around. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little bit confused on uh, where the dead go, the die. I've seen it, but I don't remember if those segments had names. Like, because mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. like three, mm-hmm. it's a three part anthology. What were the names of the of the segments? It was Tate and Milk, Liquid Memories, and the last one's the Mask of the Monsters. Where? So it's the ones you were just talking about. Okay, for cause for a second, I thought you guys were talking about something that I hadn't seen yet. But mm-hmm. yeah. no, no. Okay, I would just recognize those as where the deck of the die. So those yeah, were originally yeah. shorts that you shopped around, and then you made a final short to add to that. Well, yeah, Master of the Monsters was an added one, right? That was the one that was. Yeah, just... mm-hmm. that okay. was the one, and that was the longest one. I treated that one most like I was actually making the movie because the other two I was just, I was just making and sending around. And, you know, the, the people I made it with, like uh, Victor Bonacore and Ruby Larocca and all those guys, they were all making short films at the same time too. Mm-hmm. So we used to compile all our short films onto like. Uh, you know, like just uh, DVDs and go to conventions, get a table for the weekend and just sell our sell our short films to people. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where they actually originated, originated was we would just make those compilation discs. And then, yeah, I just started cold sending them out. And then, yeah, he, me and Stephen Byro, he originally just wanted to release it as just uh, like the Jimmy Screamer Claws collection or something like that. Kind of like they did how the Aftermath collection, you know, with Genesis and all those movies on mm-hmm. it. But they were just... Uh, they were just starting to sign with a company called MVD that does all their distribution and they were just getting into digital and they were like, you know, if we, if we had a feature film instead of a bunch of short films, we could do this with it instead of that. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, what if I compiled the shorts into an anthology film and released it that way? And they're like, ooh, ooh, anthology, that's not a good word. No, no, we don't like that word. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I finally convinced them to do it, but I just, we weren't allowed to call it an anthology film on any like any formal press material or anything like yeah. that we had to just pretend it was a feature film from the beginning and this is how we planned it yeah, it works it's very cohesive i would say like even though you can tell it's an anthology um there's no for me i wasn't able to tell like that you had like constraints with technology or anything more than other on a, on like you know it all seemed pretty like even like oh well that's good spread out yeah mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I only had like uh, like two computers back then. Now I have like seven. <laughs> back yeah. then I had like one I would animate on and then one I would send the shots to and they were both really, really underpowered. So sometimes I would have to lay, um, render it in layers, like render the characters separate from the backgrounds and almost do it like, like cell animation. Yeah. So that's so... why there's not a whole lot of 3D, especially in the first two. There's not like a really a whole lot of camera yeah. pans and stuff like that. It's a little so, bit so how do the computers work with rendering them all? Because you said you run like eight different computers and you pass the rendering to eat to different computer. Yeah, so I mean, I don't use all of them for rendering. I have one main system that I do all the main animation on. And then I have two systems in the back room that have uh, just video cards crammed into them. Mm -hmm. I have, currently, I have four 3090s, RTX 3090s crammed into two computers. So I finish a shot and I send it over to one of those computers, one of the other. And then, you know, I just assign tasks to each one and they just mm -hmm. render all day. And the other ones I use for other stuff. Sometimes I'll, I'll assign one to just do like, uh, you know, if I need to like bake uh, like um, particle simulations, like, you know, mm -hmm. like gore effects or anything like that. And I don't want to do it on the main computer. I'll send it to mm -hmm. one of those. So, yeah, I have a whole network of uh, yeah. just computers crammed in this tiny little house. <laughs> and, and imagine you have like computers that are just for one specific job because you don't want to clutter it with other things. Yeah, but I do freelance work too. So I have one that's just for like rendering and coding mm -hmm. movies and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to make your next big thing on your fap top. Nope. <laughs> Keep that separate too. Keep all the porn on a separate computer, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, how you said it was two computers at first, and now it's about eight. Yeah, something like that. I got a, I got a lot of them crammed around me. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, so the, what... now I, now I, you know, I'm a little older and I can afford stuff, so I could buy like real computers. But back then, I would just as whatever I could afford, <laughs> whatever I can get for a few hundred bucks. That's where we're at right now. Our computers crash mm -hmm. all the time during yeah. events and stuff, uh -oh. <laughs> and we're not even doing that big intuitive as you are. <laughs> so, what are your biggest challenges as an animator? Uh, well, now it's like, you know, just juggling time because, you know, I, I learned long ago I can't make a living just off animations <laughs> and I don't want to I do not want an animation job by any stretch of the imagination. Like, I do not want to do that for a living <laughs> like at all. Yeah. I'd rather just save it all for my own stuff. So yeah, it's just juggling my freelance work and uh, finding the time to do it. And then, yeah, that's really that's the challenges now. And would you say that you've kind of like worked out a good uh, lifestyle like for that? Like, is it a big struggle as an independent animator um, to work freelance and not be locked into like a into jobs or yeah? How like is it a struggle or is it like yeah? I'm just wondering. Uh, not really. No, I have I have enough freelance clients now that I'm I'm doing pretty well, so I don't really have to worry about stuff like that anymore. But yeah, it's really the time factor is the biggest the biggest worry now. And are those all like private? Like you don't talk about it like publicly? Your freelance work? Or oh no, I, it... I, I, uh, I author Blu-rays. I design menus mainly for like MVD on our films. I do all their. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I do. I that's how I make. It. That's how I make my real living. <laughs> and I love how you snuck that snuff porn Holocaust into that uh, Serbian yep, yep, film DVD. Film. <laughs> uh, I'm a it's huge like butcher. You know what? You owe me. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. I'm a huge butcher sense, fan, though. so I really want. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Oh yeah, we got them. some questions about boards. them. Oh yeah, for sure. Actually, uh, I got uh, one of come come blood's masks right next to me. I found it. While dude, I was, it's, it's if I had the money, I would buy <laughs> that whole away. site. <laughs> so good. How old is that? Oh man, he sent that to me probably when I was making one blackbirds fly. So I've had it for probably over ten years now. Dang, I can't believe when blackbirds fly is ten years ago. 
It's crazy. It still seems well, like a new I movie. I guess it's not yet. Where did that go to die? Just turned ten. There was 2012. I put that up. Really, I, I really I started making that in 2009. Though, so it's crazy. So, what's your main cast that you use for voice actors? Right now, I, I try to mainly assign everything to either Cumblood or my friend Buttress. He does all the like the male voices. She does all the female voices. And I'm trying to work some more people in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I try to work more with people who uh who kind of already know how to record, so mm-hmm. I don't have to do it. <laughs> and then you know, if I could, you know, then if they're far away, it's okay because they they already know how to record better than I do. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, Cumblood's pretty. Yeah, he's in Greece, so is it hard mm-hmm. kind of syncing up that time schedule? You're a night owl, I, I guess. Uh, so. uh, I'm kind of all over the place. I mm-hmm. I don't even know what my my sleep schedule is anymore. <laughs> It's like whenever like, I fall asleep, I fall asleep. I like look at your uh, cast. It's like Cumbas in Greece, Bushpigs in Australia, mm-hmm. Ruby's in somewhere in <laughs> states. It's she, like... she, yeah, she lived in uh, Jersey when we were making all those movies, so she mm-hmm. wasn't far. I'm in Pennsylvania. Oh, oh rad, cool. So, any any new new people that you have have had success with? Uh, like voice actors, you mean? Yeah, or do you just stick to the old? Right now, yeah, there's. I've mainly just been doing shorter stuff, so I haven't needed a lot of voices. So they can mainly ha- handle them, at, handle most of the voices. And then Cumblood has his own little uh, grease posse going on, so he crams a lot of his friends in. And uh, we just did the, we just did a, an English dub for uh, Unearth the Old Man project, mm-hmm. and we had we got Stephen Byro in there, and we got uh, JD Brown in there, who's also one when Blackbirds Fly, and he's going to be in the New Guinea Pig yeah. and stuff like that. Doesn't he voice the chicken or something like that? Like Byro oh, does. Byro yeah. does. He, yeah, I thought I heard about that. He I thought it was funny. Chicken. He plays the town drunk. He plays mm-hmm. one of the lumberjacks. He plays like four or five voices. Oh man, I didn't even care about this movie until you said all that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, I, I, I thought that was cool. I play a pervy tree that likes the tractor driven in and out of them. Holy, okay. nice. I gotta see this. Man. I gotta see this. Of, if you're a fan of Cumblood, this is the best voice acting he's ever done. He plays both the main characters. He plays the 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 regular old man, and then he plays the evil old man too. And he just nails both of them, and he's hilarious. He's really good. Right. Nice. This cool. is Cumblood shining moment for sure. <laughs> um, have you any offers from big companies to animate for them though? I'm actually doing a, not a huge company, but I'm doing a, a project with Skinner, the underground artist. I don't know if you guys heard of him. He does all the crazy monster paintings and stuff that covers for like Mastodon and a mm. bunch of other like bigger bands. So yeah, I, he just put out a comic book called Skin Crawl, and I've been adapting one of his short stories into a short film. And I kind of ran out of material in the comic book, so I just kind of started adding my own story. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's kind of going haywire. That's cool. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really cool project. It'll be. It's not. I don't think it'll be quite as offensive as everything else I've done, but it'll be very chaotic and weird, for sure. Uh, I had kind of a random question. You you had a um, you wrote a bunch of stories in the back of the first covers that were given to you for what um, um, when the dead go to die. So anybody that ordered from you directly, how many short stories were those? Like, did you just keep writing like the same one, or did you just give? Oh no, it was never the same one. I would just. It was always something different. different. How many different they stories did you end up writing? short stories oh, okay. though, so <laughs> don't try to give me too much credit here. oh i know but I, I i just saw the tanner one and i thought that was hilarious the one that you did because he he was involved in a couple of your things right like tanner oh yeah he was in uh he was in one blackbirds fly oh yeah he voiced he played, up uh, he, him and sarah valentine were the two the two people on like the propaganda show they're watching with the oh, clown okay. and the dead yeah, bird yeah. yeah that's cool um i cannot wait 
to see if that gets a like a bigger release when where the black when blackbirds fly because is that a where can people watch that right now they're both both movies are out of print right now but if you go on my website i'm selling digital downloads they're just uh drm free just regular h264 files and they got um they got the commentary tracks as another you know as a second track and they should be playable on basically every player i made them as basic basic as possible Mm-hmm. So you can buy the two the two uh, feature films and the short films as well, and there I have a little pack of all of them together. Oh, cool! I actually bought it from you when it came out. I watched oh, okay. it right when it came out, and I haven't seen it since. And I lost it at my old house, and <laughs> I'm sure that thing is worth some money now. So, <laughs> well, about the when Blackbird Five Blu-ray, the Blu-ray, yeah, yeah. I only did a self-release on that one because when that movie came out, it was like um, what is that? 2016, and kind of the. Uh, the attitude of distributors and labels at the time was that Blu-ray was dead and was never going to make it. So don't bother releasing your film on Blu-ray because yeah. <laughs> it's expensive and nobody cares. So I kind of fell into that. And then literally a year later, Blu-ray blew up and every <laughs> now yeah, that's all yeah. anybody cares about. Nobody cares about DVD at all anymore. Yeah. You could probably sell out if you took a stack to a convention now, just because it's mm-hmm. like people like them as collectibles and people like to watch them. Yeah, I've been kicking around re-releasing them for like two years now. I just haven't gotten around to authoring the discs. You know, I author discs pretty much all day. You would think I could uh, find the time to just throw two of mine together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so, I was going to say, so, since you don't do drugs, what inspires you to make heavy drug-influenced films? I mean, I smoke a lot of weed, and I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've taken mushrooms and acid here and there over the years. Not really in a long time, though. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I think I always just even I didn't really even start smoking weed until I was in my late twenties, and I just always kind of liked that imagery for some reason, even without the influence of the drugs. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Christian, you don't need heroin to be a good animator. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at Frank Zappa. You know, he didn't do drugs, and he was like a big, huge musician that did all kinds of crazy. You know, rumors he did, stuff. though. There's rumors he did. Oh yeah. See, I don't know if I ever believe that anymore because. I remember Otis Urungus from, you know, Guar used to always be very anti-heroin and then he died of a heroin overdose. It's like, God damn it. What? Maybe he was yeah. convincing himself that, now. yeah, he's more trying to convince himself than others, you know. Maybe. Or a peak. All right, right. But he was my childhood hero and I'm just like, what do I do now? Dude, I, honestly, <laughs> he, when he died, I was like, it was the first celebrity that I'm like, wait, you mean there's no more music from him anymore like what mm-hmm. the, like i felt that hitting a brick wall and mm-hmm. being like oh fuck that's not no more of that's coming out again that sucks yeah and like that was the first celebrity where that happened so rest he was always yeah. one of my uh he was always one of my voice acting dreams i was always like i gotta work up to the point where i can get order surrendous to do it and he <laughs> oh, would have yeah. too he would uh, yeah i probably could have convinced them yeah, yeah he right loved, he loved little productions like jesus the I total douchebag I tried to get some of the music from Skullhead Face for aesthetic, but nobody nobody answered me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love the ballad of of Skullhead Face. Mm-hmm. I was gonna get the. Uh, I tried to get the the you know the flesh column music. The... <laughs> yeah. They had a lot of cool um, like background music that they composed just for their movies. Like it wasn't even on the albums. It's like I oh, there, used, there was uh... some guy fucking around making like soundtrack music for the Guar movies. Mm-hmm. I used my truck, my dog in prison in an Instagram story today, actually. <laughs> oh, really? Mm-hmm. Some of that was on like slaves going single and stuff like the, the B-sides and bootlegs and stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. I always liked the little behind the scenes music that they that they make. 
That's why um, I thought I had a shot at it because it's not like a Metal Blade record. So I was like, you know, they probably still own the rights to this and just give it to me. <laughs> yeah. So what? How did the animation community respond to where the dead go to die? The first couple of years, everyone thought it was cool that I could that somebody could just make a movie completely on their own with shitty computers and get it into the distribution scene. But <laughs> then a couple of years later, when the actual animation community discovered it, it was just like, fuck this guy, fuck him and fuck everything he does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can. I mean, I can't imagine playing that at a film festival and having a lot of people walk out, uh, especially the second story. Uh, yeah. that, what was that? Liquid Memories? Is mm-hmm. that what that was called? Um, or the dog and the kid scene. Yeah. Well, no, that was the first one right? yeah, well, i'm saying oh, oh i'm saying that yeah, one yeah. definitely turned people away. Yeah, but i think the second one is like if that doesn't if the first one doesn't turn you away the second one's gonna get people to leave because it mm-hmm. is one of the filthiest like it makes you feel really gross i remember hearing about it on bind torture cast when you did the interview with oh, right, uh, right. that podcast a long time ago and um yeah i just remember hearing chris fucking chris from bind torture cast saying it made him <laughs> uncomfortable and i'm like okay i'm gonna see this movie and I and I, <laughs> I think I originally had to rent it off of a website or something like that. You had like a one day rental, and it was so worth it. And like I couldn't stop talking about it, bought it and shit. So, um, but I couldn't like I can't imagine showing that at a film festival. Like, it would... didn't really play it a whole lot of them. So <laughs> yeah, it'd be pretty tense. <laughs> it did play it did play at Citrus, but they made me cut the kid fucking the dog scene out because the year before. They played a Serbian film and actually got like arrested. <laughs> oh, so, like, yeah, we need to, oh, there we that place. Okay, because I heard about that. Oh, that's mm-hmm. crazy. I would think that the the VHS footage scene would be worse than the kid and the dog, but no, because the, the VHS footage. I mean, it's gross and grimy, but there you don't see anything. There's yeah, no actual just sex, fingers, and yeah, mouths mm-hmm. and stuff. But right, right, right. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> it's rough. It's very rough to watch, but yeah. Um, but I still love it. It's yeah. it's important, important <laughs> art needs to be seen in a museum. I'm making a difference, guys. <laughs> so why did you stop doing forever alone filmmaking podcasts? Um, why did we stop doing that? It was just I don't think we were really getting a whole lot of listeners anymore. And then uh, yeah, that was that was really just because you like 29 episodes like 10- or something. Yeah, we used to just uh, we used to just do them on a on a wing, you know. M dot would contact me, and then he'd be like, "Hey, you want to do a podcast?" I'm like, yeah, whatever. But then you know, we just I don't know, just kind of I don't really have a I don't think there's a real reason. <laughs> yeah, you have to have a passion to keep them going. Otherwise, you just like stop at nine or something and just get done with it. You have to really kind of keep at it. And when we were doing that, like uh, when we were in the heyday of that, he was making was he making i am nightmare and i was making mm-hmm. when blackbirds fly so it was like almost our like daily journal of, okay what did you accomplish today sort of thing you know probably helped you guys out because you're trying to mm-hmm. get bouncing around ideas off of each other yeah it, it, uh yeah it kept us both motivated for sure mm-hmm. um so i was wondering you can create these amazing 3d environments have you ever thought about making a playable video game with the environments <laughs> and the characters yeah, I mean, I would love to, but I'm not a I'm not a programmer, so I would need someone yeah. to take, I would need someone to join up with me. I, I was thinking the creators like, of Agony would be awesome. And you <laughs> did like a choose or whatever they're called. All right, and do a choose your own adventure kind of thing where you, but you keep going in these weird stuff where you, and then so you can go into like all of a sudden you're in this random thing that doesn't even make sense. You know, like the point of the game is to not make sense. 
Like. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> never liked those games, though. Uh, okay. yeah, I, I don't either. I would think more of like a hack and slash. Yeah, that'd yeah, be cool, exactly. too. That's Even an I RPG would, want, would be cool. I mm-hmm. want to do something really violent. Yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> I don't like those, the, like the Telltale games and all those old like. Yeah, I never, I never, I, I can never play those. I, yeah, because <laughs> even I when that. I play like when I play regular video games, if I can't cut, yeah, skip the cutscene, I'll stop playing. I'm like, yeah. we're done here. I'm the same. Shit. That's why I switched to MMOs <laughs> and survival games because I can't mm-hmm. watch the videos in the middle anymore. Like I have to make my own adventure. And well, it seems like they're getting cool. longer, longer now survival too. Game. <laughs> Like if you made an open world survival game in one of your hell worlds, that would be fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of, kind of the only offers I've ever gotten to do like games with people. It's always like um, they want me to kind of animate their ideas, sort of thing, mm. and it just it doesn't work out. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I don't know how to be a cog in a machine. Did you ever get mad when people? Because I always heard people compare your graphics to PlayStation Two or like <laughs> Xbox Three Sixty. I might have even said it a few times because you did actually use the xbox connect um uh video motion cat controllers did that ever bother you when people would like compare it to like retro video game graphics or anything like that and eh, not really stuff nah. like that doesn't really bother me i mean yeah. and they're not wrong well and, <laughs> I mean, and, and those graphics are cool it does look like a ps2 game like, like, who, are we, who are we fucking kidding here <laughs> and honestly uh, uh, the the aesthetic of a ps2 game is like made a huge comeback i think like Definitely. in retro retro nostalgia mm-hmm. and um there's a lot of like args and just weird mm-hmm. stuff online where people are like uh look at this cursed game and shit like that yeah. so it's just i think like the the idea of ps2 is now mm-hmm. it's like old so well no like, and then they yeah. forget how ps2 like conquered the, the market and it was like the shit back then you know so it was like really so it's kind of a compliment <laughs> isn't it still like one of the best selling consoles yeah i think the yeah it still is, is but... yeah but it, yeah it, it it surpassed a lot of popularity of any other console mm. i still got a ps2 plugged in so. yeah i still got a ps2 <laughs> i actually have a where is it a saloon well i think it was also just because they had a lot of third-party support and they just had a lot of really cool games that came out oh that's oh, cool sick. i need to get one of those does it work pretty good yeah, it plays PS2 very, very well. PS3 oh, and Xbox cool. 360 are a little iffy, but... Those so it's not just like a Raspberry Pi put into like a controller, essentially? No, this one's like an actual lap- like mini laptop that has oh, like, okay. a controller built into it. You can run oh, all the nice. emulators and shit on it. Oh, that's rad. I need one of those. I had my phone just have this little attachment that went over and was kind of cool, but... But yeah. Hell yeah, I want to play State of Emergency. That's, right? that's funny you say that. That's, that's a great game. game. Rockstar game shit. Everybody else hates it. <laughs> Un- yeah. Underrated Rockstar game. Everyone's yeah. talking game. about Manhunt needs a remaster. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, Manhunt's State of Emergency. Too. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. I actually just played Manhunt. Un- I uh, modded it so it was uh, had all the gore and shit in it. Mm-hmm. And I played it on Twitch. I had like over 30 viewers. I'm like, why do I have so many viewers? And then I got <laughs> off stream and found out that that's, it's actually banned. You're not supposed to play the modded version of oh, Twitch. Shit. So well, everyone sense. was like flocked to my channel because I was playing something I wasn't supposed to. Uh, now Twitch has banned video games. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Like what yeah. do people care? Just you know, don't watch it then. Or it's put a fucking every fucking on platform, it. man. It's it's so bad. Every, once anything starts making money, then then they gotta be more safe. And that's actually why we do our Discord. I don't know if you've heard about. I don't even know if you've heard about our show too much, but like we have a Discord channel where we do a lot of our uh, anything that can't be shown on YouTube. Basically, we do we host through Discord and do live uh director commentaries and screenings and stuff and it's oh. i mean we're, we're the moderators so there's nothing i mean discord's not watching so you do it right in discord 
Mm-hmm. We do so great. Me and my friends use this. Uh, we use this site called Cosme. That's kind of the same thing. Oh, cool. But you, like, you, one one person can stream a movie, and then there's like a little chat room where you can all chat. And yeah, because just Discord does have a little bit of a lag sometimes. Um, so obviously yeah. that's the only thing that's kind of shitty. But... And if it's something like a movie that's on like YouTube or Tubi or something like that, you can put it in there, and it'll just it'll you know stream it from that. Uh, does when the blackbirds fly? Does that follow um, Genesis and its plot? Oh yeah, definitely. I based it off like every kind of religious story. I just kind of for a few years, I just listened to every kind of religious story I could find, and then just kind of picked bits and pieces from them. How hard was that? Religion. I feel like that was really hard. How hard was that listening to all that religious <laughs> shit? Well, it was great because I didn't, Did brainwash you know, I, didn't, I didn't read the books. I would go and track down the old propaganda VHS of like all the like wacky preachers oh, and stuff cool. like that. So it was a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> or like children's cartoons trying to animate what the Mormon beliefs are. That There was a good Jehovah's Witness one. They're like, well, they don't believe that Jesus was crucified like this. They believe he was crucified like this. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was crucified like uh, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's like if you find the right stuff, it's very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the part where you were just talking about with Tanner and Sarah, I actually I pulled that from one of those real Christian propaganda VHS where they mm-hmm. were like, where it was like two clowns wandering around a field and they found some dead bird and like, what does this mean to God? <laughs> it's just the, you're watching these two fucking whack job clowns shot on VHS trying to figure out why a bird is dead in the field. Yeah, a lot of it did remind me of like um like influence from like veggie tales or something mm-hmm. like that where you're being preached to but like you could totally tell it's missing the mark on mm-hmm. all accounts. Yep. <laughs> both of the both those feature films are kind of based off that aesthetic like the yeah. old propaganda films like all the ron orman ones like um if footmen will tire you what will horses do yeah it's like just this preacher going off about well what if the communists come down from the hills and they have like the, mm-hmm. the communists coming down and sticking forks in children's ears so they can't hear the word of god anymore and mm-hmm. <laughs> or, even just, or even just those little comics that they were given to restaurants and different things and like billy's going to hell and you know, stuff like that oh, yeah oh yeah my grandparents had a stack of those at the lake cabin like mm-hmm. anytime it was vacation time we were stuck with those and they were bad mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did the cane themed, um, cane themed uh, chick tracks for the first release of Blackbird. So I only did it for like the first year or so because I was oh, making them. Oh, and cool. I'm very lazy. <laughs> we kind of hinted at it a little earlier, but is there any talk of Unearthed uh, putting out when Blackbirds fly? Probably not. Only because it's really more because of the way distribution works. It would just be another person to slice a piece of the pie with. <laughs> so mm. if anything, I'd probably just release them on my own again and just put them through the same channels. Cool. I just do a Blu-ray this time, but yeah, like yeah. more exclusive, like an actual. Yeah. That's, that's why I didn't do it the first time. It was because I was like, well, you know, I can make X amount of dollars splitting it with a third party, or I can make roughly the same amount of money. I, mean, I, I, thought... probably, I probably would have sold a little more. Like I, cause that movie kind of did flop. I probably would have mm. sold more unit wise but i made more financially wise than i did off the first one so i don't really know if it was a mistake or not yet i was surprised like when it came out like it was getting a lot of talk like in the unearthed groups and stuff like that but i never really saw like the main horror communities talking about it I'm like, Man, this, yeah if some pe- if this got out and people actually saw what this was there's a fucking fly in my face but uh <laughs> people would people would love this shit so i was like really wanted it to catch on i was telling everyone about it but yeah, that one never really, it didn't get the the momentum the first one did, because the first one just pissed everyone off. Nobody, when Blackbird's Flat really didn't upset anyone, it was just, you know, a dark, weird movie. 
Yeah. Like where did they go to die really pissed people off. <laughs> yeah. And I do remember like even watching when Blackbirds Fly the whole time I was waiting for a scene to like offend me the way the first one did. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I came out of it like with a completely different feeling than I did Blackbirds Fly and that was completely tripped out like it was basically like taking a synthetic drug um if you watch that like alone in a dark room when blackbirds fly i think your first movie has that but like with how much you upgraded your technology and like how much more vivid everything is like it really gets in your brain especially with right, the sound- right. soundtrack and stuff oh well, that's cool yeah the, um, even when i made where the dead go to die though i wasn't really i wasn't even trying to be offensive it just kind of happened that way because <laughs> that was the subject i was really just taking like everyone's kind of fucked up childhood stories and just kind of weaving them all into one movie <laughs> so you know that that upsets people have you, ever, have you ever thought about doing like a, a complete collection of all your stuff and just putting it in one release that was kind of yeah that was one of my motivating factors I was like well you know I have a whole bunch of short films too that I could, you know, compile at least into an hour. So it'd be really cool to just do like one of those fancy box sets with like a lot of like cool art and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a big investment, you know, mm-hmm. to pay out of pocket or whatever. And, it, and even if I don't pay out of pocket and I go through distribution, the way distribution works is, you know, you give your movie over to someone, they put it out for you. And then they kind of give you a bill. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you rack up like, you know, 15 grand and, and, you know manufacturing fees you got to make back that 15 grand or whatever before you get a dime and like so yeah. you gotta you Pretty gotta really every, think about how you're gonna do it every director we've had on the show or filmmaker has just had bad stories about working with third parties i feel like in the indie scene if you have the the means to put it out yourself it's kind of what you got to do from not what even I've necessarily learned. that like um <clears throat> that indie labels are trying to rip people off it's just there's 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 a wall you hit with this kind of stuff you know there's there's only a, everyone's selling a certain amount of units yeah, and when enough, you know that yeah. there's just not enough money in supporting it essentially mm-hmm. there's just not there's not enough money to go around you're splitting it with mm-hmm. a distributor a label and then you know if you have a producer which i never did but a lot of people do or you know you have someone you co-own the film with you know just keep slicing from the pie until there's really not a whole lot left yeah, so when, I, sure. when I was making those first two movies, I knew nothing about like distribution or how anything works. So I was just, you know, fuck it, let's make a movie, let's see what happens. And now I kind of now I've been working for distributors for fifteen years, and now I know how everything mm-hmm. works. And hmm. it just, you know, kind of doesn't help the motivation. <laughs> yep. So is the bunny, uh, the bunny man, available in any site or physical media? Well, the bunny man was dog shit. Oh, okay. That's when, just a different name for it. Okay. The, the story was that. Um, Brandon Slagle was, you know, he always liked to put movies on IMDb. Like mm-hmm. he always liked to put my movies and stuff and whatever he was working on IMDb, but they wouldn't take it as dog shit. So he's like, let's just call it the Bunny Man for right now. Mm-hmm. And that just somehow, <laughs> that's how it stayed. That makes it's sense. funny because a real movie called The Bunny Man ended up coming out the same year. So mm-hmm. sometimes I get credit for his movie and I'm just like, yeah, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> That's my movie. Sure. Can I get some royalty checks too? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I remember when I first found out about you. There were like a whole bunch of older shorts that were like there were you had like clips and pictures and stuff on your Facebook profile, but I wasn't really sure what they were. Uh, do you want to talk about some of those older ones that you did before Bunny Man or before Dog Shit? Before even before Reality Bleed Through. So when I, I did a self release of Reality Bleed Through once when I was super broke and I was making one Blackbird fly, I was like, I'll just sell a hundred copies of it, even though it's kind of an unfinished film, and I crammed all my childhood short films onto there too. So it had like mm-hmm. this, like um, one of the first things I made was um, I had like a bunch of local rapper friends 
So we made a fake behind the music where he was addicted to sniffing his own shit. You know, <laughs> we just and we interviewed everyone like, yeah, man, he's always just putting that shit up his nose. And then there'd be like a reenactment of him like smearing a, a Snickers bar all over his face. <laughs> and we had a gag where he came in like with his face covered in shit, and his girlfriend was like, Is that chocolate syrup on your face? And he's like, <laughs> Yeah, babe, that's what it is. And then she licks it off. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. That's not fucking chocolate syrup. <laughs> so what so what were up with the commercials that you did, those like action figure commercials? What was that meant for originally? I just I that used to be my costume when I used to do um when I used to actually play music and I'd yes. go and, like do DJs at raves. I'd put like a, a bag over my head and strip down my underwear and just cover myself in fake blood. So we just had I don't remember how I had the idea. I was just like Oh, wait, I remember. I went to like a dollar store or something and they had a whole bunch of like generic G.I. Joes for like 50 cents. So I just started buying them and like taping, you know, bags to their head, <laughs> making like my own little action figure. Like, look, guys, I commissioned an action figure. But <laughs> just, no, they're oh, hilarious. Yeah. They're so, hilarious. yeah, I started like just kind of I don't even I might have sold a few of them. Like, I don't even remember if I got that far, but I just made a goofy little couple little goofy movies around it. Was that behind the scenes music video thing you were talking about? Was that Will the Beast? That was one of them. That was um, Will. Will was in that movie. The the Moose Megatron one was our other friend Moses, who was the other one in that music video. So mm-hmm. we made that video like right after Will the Beast and Moses. And actually, that was that video we got in trouble for too. <laughs> <laughs> that video is awesome. I love it. Uh, is he still doing music? You know? Will the Beast? Yeah, he's still he's uh, yeah. I went to high school with him. He's like one of my one of my old childhood friends. He's still around. Mm-hmm. He's in the area. Right. <laughs> from I, time to time. Yeah, actually, I also have a horrorcore show. Movie. Maybe he should that. be on the. I'm sorry, say that again? I said I have a horrorcore show, too. I should maybe have him on sometime. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> so what's the story behind um, Homicide as an art form? That was that was uh, one of my childhood short... Well, not childhood, like right out of high school. That was like the, the year between... Um, like when everyone else was going away to college and I wasn't. Because I, <laughs> I went to college for a year, but I had a way different college experience than most people. But anyway, we just made that little short film. And then I was... Uh, I was making, um, I was still doing music at the time, and the distributor who um, who was putting out my records at the time wanted to put out like a compilation discs of uh, just weird videos. So they put out that video, and then I guess the German police thought it was actually a snuff film and tried to raid the uh, the distributor uh, warehouse and like figure out what happened. And I'd send all these the police all these behind the scenes photos. And I'm like, guys, it's obviously chopped meat. Like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> mm-hmm. now, I don't know if you saw Flying Lotus's Kuso that I did. Uh, I did some animation for, but he has some. He, he uses some clips for that uh, from that video in his movie. Oh, cool! No, I, yeah, Kuso is crazy. And, uh, when Buttress and the the little the little gremlin guys are watching TV, they're watching my old uh, Homicides of Form of Art short. I was oh, super okay. excited to see that you you it's got just... some of your stuff snuck in, like kind of a mainstream release. Uh, I mean, because it's adult swim related and mm-hmm. sort of and shutter put it out and stuff so it's funny yeah. he just he just called me today flying lotus and he was telling me that uh he was at fantastic fest and they were doing like the shutter top 100 fucked up gore scenes or something like that and they used our dick stabbings because he did he showed mine and then <laughs> from that video and then he did his own dick stabbing like as a tribute to my video <laughs> so they showed him both on the big screen i guess congrats man <laughs> so did he reach out to you to do that and how did that all come about so there's this uh filmmaker named mike diva i don't know if you guys ever heard of him he did uh i guess one of his he he did like a bunch of um what were they, they were like campaign videos for both trump and hillary but they were japanese like uh 
kaiju style, <laughs> big monster things. And then he did like a little Nas X video, but he was just a, he was a friend of mine from back in the day. And he just, uh, he was just hanging out with Flying Lotus one day. They're both LA guys. He's like, Hey, you should, uh, you should check out this weird fucked up animator guy. Cause he was looking for people for Kusa. And then, yeah, he just, he contacted me one day and he sent me like, he just had the first couple shorts. He had like the, uh, the talking boil one and he had the, the guy walking through the woods and everything. So he sent me those shorts. Like, this is fucking cool. <laughs> and, um, and David Firth was involved in it too. And I had just, uh, I just, it was right after when Blackbird's flying. I had David Firth in my movie too. I was like, I know David. That's kind of funny. We're all kind of <laughs> cramming together to make this movie. Awesome. Have you ever thought about crossing over to child friendly content? No. <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to pull it off. I'd be like, and I ended up being like Brandon Stimpy, where it's like really not child friendly. But yeah. I'm Vader Zim. You know, it's like mm-hmm. kind of a little off. Yeah, I, I used to love both those cartoons. I still watch them, actually. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but cartoons. I would have loved to see a Johnny the Homosexual Maniac done to uh, an actual oh, animation. I can see you maybe doing it too. Have <laughs> <laughs> uh, you thought about going into live action again? See, only if I had like an actual budget. I can't. I can't do. I can't do it with no money. I'm too old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't make those uh, those low budget, no money movies. It just doesn't work. It just never works, as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned. Yeah, if I could find someone to give me like real money, then yeah, I'd definitely do it. But I, I kind of always had a uh, kind of a dream of doing like another one of the half animated, half live action. But it's kind of like um, it's like the movies mostly instead of like Roger Rabbit, where it's live action and then people go into the animation world. I'd want it more to be like animation and then they find their way into like a live action kind of world. So it's the opposite mm. way. Mm. Interesting. Is there something similar to Spike and Mike's Sick and Twisted that you've been involved with? Not really anymore that I can think of. Yeah. So that'd be the great. Name, they always turn me down, too. I always sent them my stuff. They never wanted Oh, really? <laughs> yep. Too crazy for, the, for you and Spike and Mike? Maybe. I, it's also kind of all my stuff was always long, too. It's always, uh, nobody really wants to deal with 15 to 20 minute shorts in general. And I don't, I've never been able to crack the like two to five minute short. <laughs> I've never mm-hmm. been able to do it. Yeah. Right, like your stuff, music videos that's about it yeah. your stuff would stick out a lot too i feel like it's like <laughs> so Maybe. Um, i mean it's it's pretty twisted but like i feel like you you always i just watch scuzzies for example and it's like i feel like that would grow some sh- grow some people out <laughs> for sure i've actually been uh, i've been trying to develop that into either like a feature or i kind of almost want to do it as like a six episode mm-hmm. tv series sort of thing but yes, I've always, I've, I've always tried to do that. Even when Blackbirds Fly, I actually wanted to do it as episodes, but I'm just I'm really afraid to commit to it because mm. <laughs> my my you know, my whole distribution experience has always been based around how to sell a feature film, and I could barely do that right. So I don't know how I'm going to sell a <laughs> sell a TV series, even if I already had it made. I don't know. I can't. I, it's still what I want to do though. Ultimately, yeah. so who do you feel won in the rap battle between Labby and Mr. Pickles? Well, the way I look at it is 90% of the references were to my movie. So really mm. I won the rap battle. <laughs> <laughs> how did yeah. that get uh how did that get started? Because uh when Christian showed me that, I was like, wait, what? Labby? Is no that a cartoon? What? I have no idea. I'm in, as much in the dark as you are. <laughs> that was crazy. I was just like another one of those moments where I'm like, I think Jimmy Screamer Claus is leaking out into the mainstream again. <laughs> <laughs> It's, yeah. it was, I think it was just from that era, the you know, all the animation dorks. Yeah, because it seems fan made. It doesn't seem like the the original people that did it. It yeah. seemed like it was fan made. Oh yeah, really, really well made though. One hundred percent. Yeah, really well done. I love that video. It was so good. Yeah, 
Are you and still? I kind of was pissed off when Mr. Pickles came out. Quite honestly, because <laughs> <laughs> if you if the pilot episode is really close to tainted milk, I feel like I feel mm. there's a lot of tainted milk. Not so much the whole series, but that pilot episode. There's definitely some moments where I'm like, wait a second. Do you think they took from you at all? <laughs> I don't know. I, I find it hard to believe, especially because the kid's name is Tommy, and I don't think they liked my short that much to actually name the kid the same as mine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's two on the head. Sure. It could have been an unconscious thing. Maybe they saw it one time, and just you know, didn't think of it again. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, I'm like, ah, oh, Tommy, movie. that sounds cool. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they say they, it's because it's Mister Pickles, and Tommy Pickles is from Rugrats or whatever. You know? uh, I don't, I don't, yeah, that actually makes makes sense. So I'm, uh, I mean, I'll sue. I'll take the money if I could have enough evidence, but <laughs> but I yeah. don't actually have any. So I think Labby kicking his ass is good enough for now. I'll take it. <laughs> Are you still making music or touring? No, not, I, I'm definitely not playing live anymore. I, I'm, I'll, I make music for like the movies and stuff, but I don't really make. I haven't made an album in forever. Do you make uh like more soundscapey kind of uh composed for the movie, or do you ever make stuff kind of like your old hardcore EDM style shit? Yeah, I don't. I definitely don't make the like speedcore stuff anymore. Occasionally, oh, yeah. I do make. Uh, I try to like. I tried to do a project I wanted to call Grindhouse. That was just house music with grindcore beats <laughs> like there's all like house samples and stuff but it's like the blast beats instead of the mm. interesting <laughs> but i have like half an album recorded of that and i just got bored of it yeah, yeah how's how has no one ever put like a fucking speed core and a blast beat from black metal or power violence together <laughs> that could work i don't know man maybe i hit the maybe i missed out on it somebody else is gonna do it and get rich now shit <laughs> yeah what are some influences in your music style uh, definitely. When I was making all that speedcore stuff, it was definitely stuff from like the speedcore scene. For, like I was listening to all the old industrial strength records and DJ Tron and Nas and Gluten, mm-hmm. all the Bloody Fist guys from Australia. That's how I met Passenger Shit and all those guys. They were uh, he was making stuff around the same time as I was, and we were just you know we were putting out records with the same channels. And his stuff was always the most creative and out there, and I just I always loved it. I still mm-hmm. listen to it almost every day. Did you ever get into digital hardcore movement? Alk Empire yeah, like, and all um, those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Charlie Chains, right? Like, yeah, I had a couple of their records actually on vinyl back in the day. Mm-hmm. They like, weren't. What? They were definitely not my. They, you know, I don't know them that well. Like Atari Teenage Ride and all those mm-hmm. guys. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's like, like what I, got I, me I, into underground. Yeah, it's like a handful of tracks by them. All those guys. I like. Yeah, for sure. Do you like Kid Six or Six? Really cool too. What was her name? Oh, uh, what was her? She name? was from that click. I don't remember her name offhand. Uh yeah, Nikendo. I don't know. There was a bunch of them. Yeah. That's probably a little vague. The girl from that era. Yeah, yeah they had a couple girls. <laughs> Hannah mm-hmm. or something like that, I want to say. What music are you digging right now? I listen to like a lot of like the goth country music. <laughs> like goth, those poor bastards. Goth like, country? Like, that's, that's the shirt I'm wearing right now is those poor bastard shirts. Okay. Yeah, it's like um like weird goth Satan country music. It's all about like Satan and suicides, basically, every track. <laughs> oh, okay. I heard like, one I like called The Cowmen. Have you heard of The Cowmen? No, I haven't heard no. of them. That's like kind of the same sort no. of thing. Did yeah. Min- Ministry come out with a like a country album? Kind of remind me of oh, that, like Satan or something. Yeah, like that. the thing is great. I like that album. Amiga, or, the uh, Devil, Hank mm-hmm. Three, you know Hank Williams mm-hmm. the Third. He's good yeah, too. Yeah. I, li- I, I listen to the Residents a lot. Mm, what about cool. the Macabre Minstrels album? Have you ever heard? Oh that? yeah, yeah, that's great. That's Tom really Foley good. And the, the, the cat came back. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. Like they the kind of take childhood songs and and make mm-hmm. them horror. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a big horrorcore fan, I really like think that your music kind of lends to that, like because it 
ads like horror clips to stuff yeah, in there. I, I was I definitely went through my horrorcore phase for sure. Yeah. I can tell. So that's definitely one of the things that attracts me to your music. Um, so that would be a good time to kind of get into the butcher's harem stuff. Sure. Um, when did you meet Cumblood blood and Bush pig? So yeah, Bush pigs also passenger of shit. So I knew him from that, from doing, uh, just we released some records at the same time. And around the time I did tame and milk, I was also doing a record and it was like the first time I kind of reached out to him. I was like, Hey man, I'm doing like a compilation record. Would you, you know, let me use a track for my, you know, put one of your tracks on. He's like, he's like, yeah. And he was really into it. And we just kind of started talking after that. And I was like, yeah, I'm also making tainted milk. Can you, uh, can you pretend to be some satanic cookies screaming at, uh, this mother in a dream sequence? And it's like, yeah, sure, mate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, um, I always, I always liked, uh, the butcher's harem project before that it was called suicidal rap orgy. And he only had like one album and it was like, what the fuck? It, is? <laughs> it was yeah. like the most nuttiest shit you could ever imagine in your I life. I call that the Mr. Bungle of heart horror core, mm-hmm. that album. <laughs> that for the very first suicidal rap orgy album. So like, what even is this? Like, I, yeah. <laughs> it's just these crazy Australian art school kids just screaming their heads just off. Screaming, about rapping about poop and like mm-hmm. really, really cool beats and stuff. Like they've always had really cool production. So he used to have, you know, used to have his pasture shit website and his uh, suicide rap orgy website. And he used to just have demos of just his first Bush Pig solo album on there with like "Eat My Rotten Meat" and all those wank of like death. The early early demos of them. And I started to try to work them in the movies somehow. And I could just never figure out how to do it. And then after, right after "Where the Dead Go to Die," they were about to release the first Butcher's Harem album. And I was like, let me just do a quick music video. Like, just I didn't even think anything. I was like, what would you mind if I did that? And I'm like, yeah, man, go ahead. And <laughs> that was when we released that first Butcher's Harem video. That was like the first time yeah. I, the first and last time we really had like a viral video. Because <laughs> I couldn't and get it. Was that Snuffhorn Holocaust or was there one before that? That was Clinical Sodomy. That was oh, yeah. first one. And that was on Newgrounds.com, right? Before that, it was only on Vimeo because I couldn't get away with it on YouTube. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. I put it on Vimeo one day, and I remember the day I put it out, I was like, let's see what happens. And I went to bed, and I woke up the next day, and it had like 50,000 views. I was like, Jesus Christ. That's never yeah, happened yeah. again, never before or since. And it kind of just it kept building up, and like every day it was getting bigger and bigger. And then they just yanked it one day, and it was all over. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, I eventually put it on Newgrounds. No, I love those both those music videos. I uh, and uh, snuff porn Holocaust especially just it follows so much so well with the lyrics and just kind of really going with what he's saying and like really kind of giving you a visual aspect of what he's getting into. Well, so, so Brett, for that video, I was like, well, it's called snuff porn Holocaust. So why don't I just animate a snuff porn Holocaust? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. why even why even complicate things? <laughs> so snuff porn Holocaust looks like it was really hard to make, was it? That one, that was the first and only movie I ever did in the game engine. I used Unity for all that. So it was a lot easier to cram a lot of shit on screen because <laughs> it was all pre-rendered and pre-baked. Mm. It doesn't look oh. quite as fancy as like the scuzzies or like the newer stuff. But yeah, that was, it was. So you yeah, would was, just drag stuff from just... Adobe and After Effects or whatever into the, into the, um into that program? Well, no, usually I do character animation in either a program. Back then I was using. I started out using like Poser and Daz, and then I eventually upgraded to iClone, which is what I use now. So yeah, you do all the character animation in these like character programs, and then you mm-hmm. export them as a different format, usually either FBX or Alembic, and then you import them into a bigger program. Like Cinema 4D is what I use as the main package now. Like since where the Dead Go to Die is always the program I used. 
but around that time game engines were first starting to come into you know they were starting to get beefier where you could actually do pre-rendered graphics and like better lighting and stuff like that so i used that video as like an experiment i honestly thought you were using a game engine since where the dead go to die especially in scuzzies um some of the 3d environments and the panning that you do in there just looks like a video game like in a good way because video games have become quite advanced lately yeah no it's all cinema 4d except snuffboard holocaust is the only one i did fully in a game engine Hmm. looks great i would love to play that game if it ever was playable (laughs) well it's funny because when i did that video was right when vr was hitting too so i actually did make a vr version of just like the there's like there's the first level where he's in like the farm with all the pig fucking and stuff Hmm. like i did that as a vr and i did like one more like when they when you bought the album i think it's still like this you get a couple 360 videos with the uh with the purchase they can like put on your your iphone sort of vr that's oh, cool. That's cool. VR music videos are awesome. Like, I think if you're done doing right, especially with someone like you, they can do a lot of awesome visuals and really bring you into a world. Well, the problem is with mine, they all get pulled, but now there's no album yeah. for them. So he's got, I think he's got them on like fucking porn and stuff. I think both oh, of them are like porn and all those sites, but I don't know how well they do. And you yeah. can't really, I don't think you could search for snuff or Holocaust. Mm, <laughs> I think yeah. they're like words. So no, like I actually. Holocaust, so I don't even know how you'd find it. Maybe change the words. name, change the name somehow, so that you know what you're going for. You know, maybe or just search for Butcher's Harm, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. I've actually had to search for their shit because I, for my show and stuff, sending people their videos and stuff, and it's actually really hard. You have to go on these weird ass mm-hmm. porn sites, and it's not even you porn. It's like weird Russian yeah. porn sites you never even heard of. It's no, like, I've, had to, I've had to do that for some footage just because it's not. Yeah, it's not anything even porn related. It's like it's weird. I have both videos uploaded as MP4s to my website. So if you go to screamaclaws.com and then go like to the movie section, and if you click on the music videos, there's two MP4s. You can you can download them, save them, oh, do whatever oh, you yeah. want with them, upload them. I don't give a shit. Did you do a lot of live performance art um, doing your sets, uh, similar to like Ruby Lil Roca? Yeah, um, we actually yeah, she used to kind of tour with me a little bit. We went to Europe and stuff. There's some videos of us. Uh, there's a funny video of us, and I think. Um, where were we? I think we were in Holland. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. somebody uploaded the whole show. Yeah, that's the one I saw. That was kind of what we were referencing to. Yeah, it looked a lot of fun. So I used to take like a lot of gore clips from horror movies and a lot of just weird animation clips and kind of blend them on top of each other and play them. And I'd get in trouble sometimes because <laughs> there'd be some really filthy stuff. I remember being in a, I was playing in a church basement on Halloween mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. <laughs> and it was mostly like, a, you know, like a house and drum and bass party. And then I came up, <laughs> and you just see like three hundred kids just all go <gasps> and lose their mind, kind of all at the same time, and rushed rushed for the door. <laughs> was there anybody? There was like there was like twenty people left. Was there anybody else in the speed core scene that was injecting like that extreme content into their stuff, like you were? Or were you definitely passenger shit. Definitely. Yeah. Didn't. I mean, other than that, no. People were mainly like at that time. People were mainly like. Uh, sampling like stuff like goodfellas or like you know maybe somebody would do like a hellraiser song or like it's kind of more of a mainstream kind of mm-hmm. horror song but no nobody was doing like the gore stuff you think someone has kind of taken over that scene a bit and that you think is really kind of taking influence from that i don't really know if that there is a scene for that much anymore i don't really know mm-hmm. who's lust sick puppy maybe i can see a little bit but if you've heard of them lust sick puppy Never heard you, of should, you should check them out i think you dig them a lot um they okay. kind of yeah it's not the they they kind of do um i know that um 
Positive shit also works with some of like the hip hop groups. I forget the girl that there's like there's a few people that are in it. I'm trying to remember, but but yeah, but it's more of a net on the hip hop side, but it has like a lot of the crazy kind of beats similar to like Yeah, he's sure. got he's got like ten bands, literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe more twenty. Yeah. He has a lot of he has a lot of different projects. Has one of your films ever played at Cinema Moist then? No, no, definitely. I played like a, a horror hound at like three in the morning and nobody showed up. That was pretty oh, okay. pissed, but that was about it. Oh, okay. That was yeah. Blackbirds. Yeah, because you haven't done many festivals. No, re- nobody really ever took them. Mm. <laughs> I, mean, I, was, I, was, I played Housecore when Blackbirds Fly premiered at Housecore Film Festival and I, I got a trophy from it. It's right in front of me, actually. Oh, that's cool. I won best animated feature, but I also think I was the only animated feature. So I don't really no. know what my competition was. <laughs> Any chance of another solo album? I don't know. Prob- I don't know. Probably not. I don't know if I'll- I I want to kind of compile all those weird grindhouse sort of things I made into something. I just never do it. I don't know why. <laughs> I- actually, I threw some not that long ago, like a year ago. I threw a couple like B side albums on the like Spotify and Bandcamp oh, yeah, and stuff like that. that. But yeah, I don't really have a whole lot new. Are a lot of your early um, Screamer Calls um, vinyls really hard to find and expensive? Kind of similar to like Where the Dead Go to Die? They're, I mean, they're definitely out of print. I don't know what they're what they're really going for anymore. You haven't really looked that in, into it? No, definitely not. Because I don't have any, so I can't flip them. So oh, yeah. why, why bother? <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Why? Why just like, damn it, why didn't I put 10 of those away? Yeah. Did you ever expect that your Blu-ray would get so expensive? No, not really. Yeah. And I don't have any of those either, so... <laughs> yeah, I like, wish I could have like held on to 20 or something like that. <laughs> exactly. And I remember, I remember specifically telling Byron, I was like, you know, when those go out of print, maybe you should... Because uh... I didn't think they'd go for like 100 and something. I figured, mm-hmm. like, you know, 50 bucks or something. Like, you know, make sure you tell me so I could buy out the stock and, you know, sit on them for a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then you could do autograph ones sure. and sell them for you more, you know, kind of thing. And then he didn't. He didn't yeah. do that. They called me one day. He's like, hey, we're sold out. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's got to be good news, though, too, in a way. So. Yeah. What kind of lifestyle helps your creative flow? Oh, geez. I don't even know. I, <laughs> I, don't, really, I don't really sleep or leave the house. So I guess that's what's uh, that's really fueling it all. <laughs> would you say it's chaotic or would you have a pretty, like, uh, structured, like, life? Yeah, I mean, I to... don't. I definitely don't have a stressful life at all. I <laughs> I wake up when I want. I kind of do what I want. I smoke my medical marijuana most of the day. <laughs> I don't really. I don't have like you know a wife and kids. So I don't have any real responsibilities. You know, okay. I make, I'm I'm doing well financially, so I don't really struggle on that. So I'm fine. You live <laughs> alone. Yeah, I live alone at the moment. Okay. So and that kind of pro- yeah, it's pets. funny because I, I moved into this house. <laughs> just I moved into this house just as a temporary place to make reality bleed through over ten years ago. And then somehow yeah. ended up staying here. <laughs> I moved in here with like four roommates, and now it's just me in this tiny little shithole house I've been trying to get out of. Do you have a dog? Nope, no pets. No, you never had a dog named Lavi or I have a squirrel in the yard that I feed food he probably shouldn't be eating, and he loves it. And that's our right. relationship. <laughs> that's funny. So, where do you think your limits are when it comes to art, and especially in animated films? Limits in what sense? Um, like in your like where you're willing to take it, like if you're you feel like there's some point where you're like, like taboos, okay, or yeah, like any taboos, any taboos or, you could because you've touched on like a lot of taboos. So I just feel like, what is your limit then? Like, what is like, yeah, off? kind of with where they're going to die. It was like 
what taboos are left? What does nobody even want to do anymore? And that's that's kind of where all the like the childhood trauma stories came from. Is because that's mm-hmm. the only thing people won't really touch. I don't even know really know what's left. What's the mm-hmm. only thing really taboo anymore is like being, you know, like being like alt writers. I was like, gonna say it's like racism. Like you don't yeah, want to touch it, on that's that. That's it. Racism's all that's left. So I guess that's the only place I got left to go. Yeah, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. And you could say some religious thing goes into race, and I don't know, and some of that. But... Nobody, re- nobody even cares about religion anymore. That's yeah. why nobody was really offended by when Blackbirds flies because they're just you know making fun of religion, and who cares? Like, yeah. that like everybody does. You know, it's the worst hate mail you've ever gotten, or worst reaction, or have you ever gotten <laughs> death threats, anything? No, I. You know, to be completely honest, I've never gotten a single piece of hate mail. Nobody said anything to me directly ever. <laughs> There's plenty of hate comments or like mm-hmm. shitty videos of picking me my films are something apart but nobody's really ever said anything directly to me that's i mean crazy. i guess there would, would just be those those animation reviewers from back in the day that's really Fuck it. Them. <laughs> yeah <laughs> they didn't really even upset it was funny though because i made fun of them back and they got way more upset of me making fun of them than i did of them making fun of me because <laughs> like you know i i don't like the movies much more than they don't so it's like <laughs> yeah it's like, it's you like... know I was like, I feel like contacting them. Like, you didn't even point out how this sucks, or how this sucks, or how this, or how I feel yeah. Like this and you defending you right, yeah. And you for defending yourself against Food Fight was pretty funny. And it was like they had a huge production. They had a, like you know cast star and <laughs> yeah. you know, all this stuff. See, like, I mean, that's kind of a that's kind of a compliment, right? My movie yeah. looks like a sixty million dollar flop. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I could say my movie looks like it was made for sixty mil. <laughs> I just can't take anyone seriously either that takes things too seriously. So, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, come on, everybody, you know, in my era, everybody loved renting the movies that looked shitty. <laughs> the movies that didn't look like the like Hollywood productions. Those are all the movies that are legendary now. Mm-hmm. Those are all the ones on your wall right now. <laughs> right. Everyone hated those movies back in the day. Nobody liked Hellraiser or Brain Dead or City of the Living Dead or any of that. Yeah. Those were all the. the it is weird that there was a time when like jason and freddy was kind of cool like in the 80s mm-hmm. and early 90s but then it kind of died off and then torture porn was a little cool in the early 2000s and then ghosts but like yeah it's never like i'm sorry freddy we all will always be cool i'm sorry <laughs> yeah yeah i think kids will always like freddy yeah i mean freddy and jason were controversial in their days though too like they were people were always complaining about the violence in those movies and the, the influence on children and stuff like that I definitely watched them when I was way too young. And, you know, my parents were irresponsible like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are some of your favorite horror films? Oh, man. Like, kind of just all the ones we've been discussing. Really, all the ones on your wall. <laughs> yeah. All the classic, the Necromantics, Maniac, you know, fucking. Yeah, all of them. I've been going to the drive in a lot this summer. So I've been seeing a lot of the old classics. Like, uh, what I, I saw George Romero's Knight Rider recently. <laughs> I had oh, no cool. idea it was. I had oh, no idea yeah. it was a three-hour epic. I was, I was really that long? I was there with Buttress, and we're like, how fucking long is this movie? And it, it ended like three times. Oh. <laughs> and we're like, so this is the end now. And I, I, I leaned over to her like towards the end. I was like, wouldn't it be really funny if this movie just ended with him getting hit by a truck? And it fucking did. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so I saw Society oh. again. That was that was a good one. Oh, that was great. Summer. Society was a lot of fun. Yeah. I want to even kind of like, I could see you having some influence from when it comes to the body horror. Maybe, but I, you know, the seeing it at the drive-in was the first time I had seen it like 10, 20 oh, years. Okay. So it definitely wasn't like the big movie growing up or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I was, I think, I feel like I was more influenced by like, um, 
definitely the 80s horror movies but like all the weird mtv animation of that day like liquid television television. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah liquid television cartoon sushi the max the head all that stuff yeah yeah that's really where i was pulling a lot of the aesthetic from especially in the early days Mm. aeon flux and that yeah 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 aeon flux i got a i got aeon flux uh uh cell animation cell right behind me oh cool so what is blood wings about and where is it in production uh that was actually victor bonacore's movie he uh okay. i don't that was like he was making that the same time i was making dog shit and i think we were working on each other's films back and forth. okay because it doesn't have a date on it so i wasn't curious if that was still in production or for why because it an imdb or yeah i don't think he's following through with that movie we never really finished shooting it, it was the same sort of situation oh, we, that okay. was actually that's how that both movies came about he was making blood wings i was making dog shit and ruby was making another short and we were going to put those together as an anthology film mm-hmm. and then both of us separately were like no we're both making feature films now and then neither one of us <laughs> actually made a mm-hmm. feature film mm-hmm. it's also a pumpkin head sequel yep <laughs> and Lamea quigley's in uh in blood wings as well isn't oh, she really? also in, uh, in pumpkin head too oh man i gotta watch that again but i don't remember being very good <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> they made a video game of Pumpkinhead too, also, I think. Did they? Yeah, oh, on PC. Thing? Wow. I didn't know that. What was it yeah. like a text adventure it's, game or something? No, it's a DOS side scroller <laughs> with I think a couple dungeon crawler parts wow. in the middle. I didn't wow. I kinda wanna play that now. Yeah. Well I I there's some good Clyde Barker games actually. Mm-hmm. Um there's fucking what is the one I was Undying? Was Undying, really I remember one? that one. Yeah, and there's then a couple uh, other ones too, right? There was one that came out on Xbox. What was Jericho? That was cool. <laughs> that was like one of those games everyone hates, though, wasn't it? Yeah, but now it's cool. Yeah, now it's cool. I mean, be honest, it, be honest, it frustrated the hell out of me when I first played it, the Jericho game. Oh yeah, I, I just couldn't get too. into it. It just it's got it's got cool character models and graphics and shit, yeah. but like the gameplay was really confusing mm-hmm. and messy. Yeah, it was just all over the place. Like having to jump between other bodies to try to figure out what you need to do. Like like a weird squad one player squad based games. I never like. I don't like it when I have yeah. to be multiple people. Well, because I don't want to be certain people, and when you obligate me to be certain things, I'm just like. Ah. Yeah, I like role playing <laughs> through like one character or not as a whole squad or a whole town or a whole with your stuff you've done with m dot um do you still work with him i haven't talked to m dot in a few years actually he just kind of vanished i don't really know what he's up to yeah because you have kind of stopped hearing from him one day i have no idea what he where he is or what he's doing yeah have you had a lot of people um compare you to a lot and just kind of say that you have pretty similar styles or you think you're pretty different to m dot uh yeah definitely definitely people have compared our stuff as a being very similar and we use the same programs too and you know back in the mm. days when we were both making those films we definitely bounced ideas off each other who is M-Dot? i've never heard of that and that's strange he was uh he was he was a little bit before me he released a movie called um we are the strange that got into like sundance and stuff like that and it was like kind of like one of the first one-man animation show movies and nice. then uh I met him right in the middle of doing Where the Dead Go to Die. I didn't even know it was going to be a feature yet. And I contacted him to do just a voice in the third chapter. He plays the doctor mm-hmm. when they're oh, in, cool. the, in the clinic. Okay. And then, yeah, right after, right after Where the Dead Go to Die came out, we started doing the Forever Alone filmmaking podcast together. And we were both starting new films at the time. Yeah, and you, yeah, voiced, it on, and, and you voiced on his films as well. Mm-hmm. I'm in both Heartstring Marionette and uh, I Am Nightmare. Yeah, I want to pick up I Am Nightmare because um, I couldn't find a, a DVD release of it. Seems like really hard to find. Yeah, he only did a he only did self release of those mm. movies, and he was very anti physical media at the time. He wanted to push all towards digital, mm-hmm. so they never really came out in like a formal formal way. Are they still available in any way? Do you know? Or? 
I have no idea. Actually, I think he has them all for free on YouTube, actually. I think he has mm. all three films just for free. I'll, have to look. I'll check that out. I think he just released another one, too, actually. Like, one that he's doing. He 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 started um, leaning more towards doing video games, so he doesn't like mm. a lot of independent little little video games. But I think, I'm pretty sure he made a movie, like, all in, uh, all in Unity or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it might be an interactive one, too, that you can download and kind of choose your own adventure, like you were saying. Oh, cool. That's cool. I won't be playing it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Come on, don't you like to choose your own adventure? Do you remember the DVD menus that like tried to experiment with choose your yeah. own adventures and mm-hmm. like like mazes and stuff? Yeah, like that? you had an option in your remote to move. Out. Yeah, I remember in the uh, the original Nightmare on Elm Street box set, they had an extra disc that was nothing but that. Like it now, watch all the behind the scene clips. Yeah, <laughs> it's so clunky though. But at the mm-hmm. time, I liked it. I'd really yeah, did. at the time we were like, "Whoa, yeah, that." It, like, it might be interesting that they kind of bring that back in, in certain movies. Um. No, fuck you. Then they'll make me do it. <laughs> Don't even bring that shit up. <laughs> Yo, you should go on Unearth like some DVD and make like a labyrinth, like absolute yeah. labyrinth. And then when you get I'm to gonna... the end, there's a prize, like a fucking snuff. Fuck that. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna convince Stephen Byer to come to you and make sure that make this happen. <laughs> I will fly out to California and I will kick the shit out of Stephen <laughs> <laughs> So what's on the horizon for you when it comes to work and stuff? I'm working on the Skinner short that we talked about. I'm trying to get that done. I want to get it done before the end of the year. I've stretched it out for a year like a fucking moron. So I got <laughs> I got to just buckle down and do it. I actually have it open right in front of me. I was working on the shot before you called. Actually, okay. here, you want to see, want to see behind the scenes? Yes. Yeah. I'm done. See, I'll just flip the camera around. I'm working on a little riot scene here. Oh wow! You can see that. Yeah, I had a, a pre rendered sort. There we go. Oh cool! So here you can see some of my riot footage. Oh cool! That's fucking awesome. You don't uh, animate in like urban settings too often. It seems to like like I I'm just looking at that. I'm like I don't know if I've ever seen like in a city or anything. Yeah, this is kind of the first time I did. I even made a little traffic system. So this car's going around in the background. <laughs> so yeah, this this short's like it's based on this little comic book. It's about aliens coming to Earth and uh, kind of fucking up the you know people's brains, and they're all going crazy, and they're just feeding off the negative energy. And I was like, yeah, I relate to this material. <laughs> anything, anything else other than that? Uh, after that, I gotta. I really want to buckle down and either get back to doing either a you know a feature film or the Scuzzy series, like I was talking about. So I, I still write stuff on and off. It's just I haven't. It was really hard to commit to an, another project because <laughs> I know how long they take now and I know how many units they move when they're over. <laughs> but you know, it's been a few years now. And, you know, I have better contacts and I have better relationships with stuff. So I don't know. I, I should just buckle down and do it and get back in the back in the game. Yeah, well, okay. thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Like, we're honored. And... Yeah, no, thank you for so much. <laughs> yeah, no problem, guys. It was fun.